Hello everyone. So, we will be discussing in this episode about Sigmund Freud's classical psychoanalytic theory and how it revolutionized the fields of psychology and how neo-freudians emerged with new theories through this theory of freud's so let's jump into the topic when psychology emerged as an independent scientific discipline in germany during the middle of the 19th century it defined its task as the analysis of consciousness in the normal adult human being it conceived of consciousness as being made up of structural elements that were closely correlated with processes in the sense organs visual sensations of color for example were correlated with photochemical changes in the retina of the eye and tones with events taking place in the inner eye inner ear complex experiences resulted from the joining together of a number of elementary sensations images and feelings the task of psychology was to discover the basic elements of consciousness and to determine how they formed compounds psychology was often referred to as mental chemistry objections to this kind of psychology came from many directions and for a variety of reasons there were those who opposed the exclusive emphasis on structure and who insisted with considerable vigor that understanding characteristics of the conscious mind are its active processes and not its passive contents sensing and not sensations thinking and not ideas imaging and not images these processes it was asserted should be the principal subject matter of the science of psychology others protested that conscious experience could not be dissected without destroying the very essence of experience namely its quality of wholeness direct awareness they said consists of patterns or configurations and not of elements joined together another large and vocal group asserted that mind is not amenable to investigation by the methods of science because it is too private and too subjective they urged instead that psychology be defined as the science of behavior freud's attack upon the traditional psychology of consciousness came from a quite a different direction he likened the mind to an iceberg in which the smaller part showing above the surface of the water represents the region of consciousness while the much larger mass below the water levels represents the region of unconsciousness in this vast domain of unconscious are to be found the urges the passions the repressed ideas feelings a great underworld of vital unseen forces that exercise an imperious control over the conscious thoughts and deeds of individuals from the this point of view a psychology that limits itself to the analysis of consciousness is wholly inadequate 
for understanding the underlying motives of human behavior. For over 40 years, Freud explored the unconscious by the method of free association and developed what is generally regarded as the first comprehensive theory of personality. He mapped the contours of its topography and penetrated to the headwaters of its stream of energy and charted the lawful course of its growth. By performing these incredible feats, he became one of the most controversial and influential figures in modern time. Sigmund Freud was born in Moravia on May 6, 1856 and died in London on September 23, 1939. For nearly 80 years, however, he resided in Vienna and he left that city only when the Nazis overran Austria. As a young man, he decided that he wanted to be a scientist. With this goal in mind, he entered the Medical School of University of Vienna in 1873, graduating eight years later. Freud never intended to practice medicine, but the scanty rewards of scientific work the limited opportunities for academic advancement for a Jew and the needs of a growing family forced him to enter private practice. In spite of his practice, he found time for research and writing and his accomplishments as a medical investigator earned him a solid reputation. Freud's interest in neurology caused him to specialize in the treatment of ner nervous disorders, a branch of medicine that had lagged behind in the forward march of the healing arts during the 19th century. In order to improve his technical skills, Freud studied for a year with the famous French psychiatrist Jean Charcot, who was using hypnosis in the treatment of hysteria. Although Freud tried hypnosis with his patients, he was not impressed by its efficacy. Consequently, when he heard about a new method that had been devised by a Viennese physician, Joseph Brewer, a method by which patient was cured of symptoms by talking about them, he tried it out and found it effective. Brewer and Freud collaborated in writing of some of their cases of hysteria that had been treated by the talking out technique. However, the two men soon parted company over the importance of the sexual factor in hysteria. Freud felt that sexual conflicts were the cause of hysteria, while Brewer held a more conservative view. Thereafter, Freud worked pretty much alone, developing the ideas that were to form the foundation of psychoanalytic theory. and culminated in the publication of his first great work, The Interpretation of Dreams, 1900. Other books and articles soon brought his views to the attention of physicians and scientists throughout the world. And it was not long before Freud was surrounded by the group of disciples from various countries, among them Ernest Jones, of England, Carl Jung, 
of Zurich, A. Abril of New York, Sandor Frankenzi of Budapest, Karl Abraham of Berlin, and Alfred Adler of Vienna. Jung and Adler later withdrew from the circle and developed rival viewpoints. It is impossible within the brief space permitted us to cover over even the highlights of Freud's intellectual and personal life. The early years as a medical student and investigator, the decisive influence of the great German physiologist Ernest Brock, who was one of the leaders in the Helmholtz School of Medicine, and from whom Freud learned to regard the individual as a dynamic system subject to the laws of nature. His marriage to Martha Burns and his lifelong devotion to her and to his six children, one of whom Anna followed her father's callings. The stimulating year with Charcot in Paris, his searching self-analysis began in 1890 and continuing throughout his life. The abortive attempt to account for psychological phenomena in terms of cerebral anatomy, the years of isolation from the medical community of Vienna, the invitation from G. Stanley Hall, the eminent American psychologist, and president of Clark University to address the meetings commemorating the founding of that university, the establishing of International Psychoanalytic Association, and the succession of such important disciples as Jung, Adler, Rank, and Steckel, the influence of World War I upon Freud's thinking, and his thoroughgoing revision of the basic tenets of psychoanalytic theory, the application of psychoanalytic concepts in all fields of human endeavor, Freud's personal characteristics and the long torment of cancer of the jaw, and finally his melodramatic escape from the clutches of Nazis. Fortunately, every nook and cranny of Freud's long life has been surveyed by the foremost English psychoanalysis Ernest Jones and brilliantly related in a three-volume paragraph biography. So this was the introduction regarding Sigmund Freud's psychoanalytic theory and how he came into existence and how he developed it. The next episode will be tomorrow, so stay tuned for more. Please omit any type of mistakes made. Thank you.